We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I'm Karina Mustafa alongside Calvin Wetzel, and we got a lot to go through today, um, including some WNBA kind of end of season hirings and championship recaps. And then we are going to go back to school, although I have been in school for like two months now, but we are going to go back to American school and start college season women's basketball. Uh, Cal, you ready? I've been ready for this one for so long. I love the WNBA, but college basketball season being right around the corner, I could not be more ready. Yeah. Um, So we will save the best for last uh, for you with college season there. But we'll start with the WNBA and our headline of the week. This week is the Phoenix Mercury have hired a new head coach. Nate Tibbetts comes in with, interestingly enough, no women's basketball experience and is the highest paid coach in the WNBA with Becky Hammond behind, because as we know, she was previously the highest paid coach in the WNBA. Um, I'm going to pull up this quote. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, it's, he said, I know I'm going to need to rely on our team to learn how this league works. That's why I'm here. It's very interesting to hear from a coach who has come from the NBA and is now entering the WNBA I'm curious, Cal, like what your thoughts are on that, because this seems like an issue that we might need to dive into a little bit. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I probably have no thoughts that haven't already been said by other people already, uh, but it's worth talking about on this podcast still. First off, it's just two episodes ago, we got done talking about Teresa Weatherspoon hire and how the league, you know, that represented sort of a move from a bunch of white guys to giving more opportunities to black women. And we had no black women as coaches just a few years ago, and we continue to get more. And then right on the heels of that, we have this, which just makes it feel that much worse. And like, to be clear, 
I have no idea. I don't know anything about Nate Tibbetts. I have no idea if he's going to be a good coach. I think the fact that I don't know anything about him is probably part of the problem. But that aside, like, it's entirely possible he ends up winning games. I'm not going to, like, sit here and say I have any idea how many games he's going to win. But to be the highest paid coach coming in with zero experience is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Above Becky Hammond, who just came in and won two championships. So... I don't understand what we're doing here. And like from the Mercury perspective, you know, they talk about like wanting to invest in this team now, the new owner, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, cool. You're putting money into it. But is this where you want to put the money? Like, is this the way to do it? I I don't feel like it's it. And then obviously they get on social media and talk about, oh, he's a girl dad. So it's all good, you know? Like, I still that can't believe just that was digging the, the hole even deeper. So I'm really not on board with it. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, I I completely forgot about the girl dad thing until you brought it up. God, I like literally wiped that from my memory because it was so bad. Um, but like I the way that I'm looking at this is like, sure, like like you said, like the Mercury ownership is like trying to invest. They just invested like a hundred million dollars into a new facility, which I think you know all teams should be doing. But when it comes to the coaching hires, like you look at somebody like Becky Hammond, who ha- was an assistant coach in the NBA for many, many years alongside Pop um in San Antonio. And whenever she would get the odd interview for a head coaching job, it was always like you don't have any experience um, as a head coach. You don't have any experience like you, I like to be hired, which is odd because then you bring someone in who's not familiar with the league that they are now the head coach of in Nate Tibbetts because that's the part where I'm just like, so why does a woman have to be super duper qualified and have all these expectations met for them to even be considered for a job? Whereas like a man can just be like, clueless like and i and i know he's been like solid decently solid in the nba like he was like an assistant coach with portland for a while um and like other places but i would really like to see the pool of candidates that they interviewed for this job and i think maybe that's something that should be standard going forward like just okay who did you actually talk to for this job and who did you actually take seriously um because a lot of the times, even when Becky Hammond's name was being mentioned for NBA head coaching jobs, it kind of just felt like a token. Like they were just throwing her name out there just to be like, well, at least we interviewed her. Um, and I, But I also think just like not knowing at all who the Phoenix Mercury interviewed and just kind of having this random like, why was it Nikki Blue considered after taking over um, in the second half of the season? Like all of these little factors where I'm just like, it doesn't make sense. And We'll see how he does as a coach. Like like you said, like I'm sure he's probably not going to be bad, but I just think that like going out and saying I am relying on the team to teach me how the league works is a very odd thing to say. Yeah, and, and the problem is that not, like he doesn't have any experience in this league, like you said, and it's not like he has a whole host of really relevant experience in the NBA either obviously has a lot of assistant coaching experience but we're not talking about like Greg Popovich who's been like a legendary head coach for a long time and just happens to have only coached men like we're talking about someone who's never been a head coach of men either like there's just no experience on either side to point to here 
for why why he would even get hired in the first place, but especially why he would be paid higher than the 11 other coaches who have all sorts of experience in this league and who clearly have worked their way up to deserving more than that. So it's just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so I think like, just to kind of wrap up this conversation, like I think what we would probably really like to see moving forward is a, a lot more transparency. That seems to be the common theme <laughs> with this league so far um, this year, at least like recently, um, just more transparency with like who is being considered and what the process is like. Um, just like more of like what's going on behind the scenes, because some of these decisions are kind of questionable is what I'll call it. Um, but Okay. Let's move on to our last piece of WNBA news before we head to college. The Las Vegas Aces have repeated as champions, the first back-to-back champions since 2002, since my birth year, for those of you wondering. um yeah so that's 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 kind of cool um we yeah we recorded like right before their win so we haven't really had a chance to kind of decompress and just kind of parse through the really crazy ending to game four um liberty lost by one point the aces were down two starters defended the hell out of the liberty um to close that game out and before we get to the actual game talk let's talk about the parade a bit because i know there was a there were a lot of expectations of what the aces parade was going to be like how it was going to stack up to the one last year and i think they pretty much surpassed all of those expectations they look like they were having a blast like jackie young is just tweeting again which i find like absolutely hilarious um it's just like like she to me is like the equivalent of like OG Ananobi on the Raptors, where I'm like, I wish OG would tweet like that. Like I wish that we would have something to go crazy over. Such like a quiet player who's actually just so good. Um, but yeah, like Kelsey Plum was recreating her cigar pictures. Like also shout out B Terrell for like cooking for the Aces. Um, I know Kirsten Bell was enjoying very much, uh, enjoying that very much, um, just based on the pictures and the tweets and everything. Um, but yeah, like what what were your thoughts on just kind of like them? The way that the Aces just are so dominant and locked in during the season and then just how they let loose once they celebrate. Yeah, the vibes could not be higher. I mean, in terms of the celebration in the parade, like I I will say this in any sport, any level from, you know, youth to pro, men's, women's, doesn't matter. If you win a championship, you should absolutely milk it for all it's worth. And no one gets to tell you what to do, how hard you can celebrate. You just get to absolutely let loose and have the time of your life and that's what we see the aces doing so i'm all about it and it's so impressive to me that they can be so connected it's really i think when you watch their celebrations and how much fun they're having it's not completely separate from how good they are at basketball because you see the connectedness in kind of the team chemistry that camaraderie that they have showing up on display there that is why they're so good on the court too. And why what you've talked about on this pod before Asia catches everything from Chelsea, no matter where that pass is or why their defense is, is so connected. Like we saw in game four, it's, it's all one in the same. It's all that chemistry. And I, that's like really the story of this team. And I think going to be the story of 
this era of aces basketball when we look back at it oh absolutely um yeah it was it was really cool i think they said i i don't even know how much they're going to be fined for just the amount of swearing on tv um but i i saw like a screenshot of becky like counting money at one point um so maybe that was the money that she had saved for the fines i don't know where that money came from uh maybe mark davis like accounted for it in the budget and whatever um but no it was it was really cool to see them let loose it was really cool to see becky let loose too um i think like actually even let's talk about that before the the game four recap like she had a quote that kind of really stuck out to me at the parade where uh, first, she called herself very old, um, which like, come on, Becky, like, you're not that old yet. Um, but she points, she basically was just like, I played with a lot of goats um, in my playing career. But then she points at Asia and she's like, but this one right here is going to be the goat of the goats. Um, and I find that sentence, first of all, like extremely cool coming from someone like Becky Hammond to Asia Wilson. Like, that's a lot of respect, a lot of um a lot of like pride there too as being her coach um but i think like it's a pretty valid sentence i mean like you look at what asia has already stacked up in her career the amount of accolades like and i know it's not always about accolades but she has accomplished so much already and like when you look at someone like candace parker who dominates like the history record books like that could very much well like be asia and then also just how dominant she is as a player herself. Like I could very much see Asia Wilson being looked at as the greatest of all time. It's a really interesting discussion because in the WNBA, there are a few different people who, you know, people will point to as the goat. You don't have, like when you look at the NBA, basically everyone is going to say Michael Jordan, LeBron James, there's this debate. But in the WNBA, you have a lot more than two who people can kind of throw into that conversation. But I 100% agree. By the time Asia Wilson's career is over, there's not going to be a conversation anymore. It's going to be her. And it's really not going to be up for debate. If she continues on the trajectory that she's on, which I don't know why she wouldn't, it's going to be pretty head and shoulders above anyone else in terms of her career. To me, the thought that I've been having that might be, you can pull the reins in a little bit if you think I'm too crazy on this, (laughs) is if Asia Wilson just decided to go Maya Moore and just retire right now, which we know is not going to happen. Would she already be the GOAT? And okay, I get it. She's 27. Maybe I need to pump the brakes. It's really hard to call someone who's 27 the GOAT. I, like, I'm not even sure if I believe this. It's just a thought that crossed my mind. I might have to be talked in or out of it, but I thought it was <laughs> worth bringing up because when you look at some of the people in the GOAT conversation in this league, for different reasons, some of them haven't really had that full kind of longevity of a career. Like we talk about Maya Moore, uh, and then you look at like Cynthia Cooper, who no fault of her own, the league didn't exist until she was in her mid thirties. Who knows what her career would have looked like if she got to start at 22 or whatever it was. But, and, and this might just be me being not as old as Becky and being disrespectful <laughs> to some of our all time greats, obviously in this league. I know Tamika Catchings, is obviously someone who did have a very long full career. We probably put her up there. So like I said, I don't know if I actually believe this, but I just think when you stack up, like you said, on paper, which is more about on paper, but Asia Wilson's list of accolades already, it's already on par with some of these people who we have in this conversation. How many people actually have won 
multiple defensive player of the years, multiple MVPs, multiple rings. Like that list is already really, really short. And if she didn't add to it ever, which we know she's going to, I still think she's already sort of at least entering that tier. I like that. I like that. Um, And I think it's really cool, too, because, like, she still has so much to go. Like, I think that's the really exciting part about it. I'm really excited to see, like, what she continues to to blossom into. Um, But, yeah, no, it's a really cool conversation and, like, really cool that, like, it's in our generation that we get to to witness uh, this greatness because you don't, like like you said, like, it's a short list. Like you don't really, you don't really get to experience like greatness like that all the time. So no, it's, it's extremely special. Um, what Asia Wilson is, who she is as a player, as a person, um, the goat of the goats. I like that. I like that sentence. Um, okay. Let's recap game four and just kind of this like historic season for the aces. Do you remember Cal when I texted you and I was like, this is the perfect trap game for the Liberty. I am actually nervous. Um, Well, it was the trappest of the trap games. I mean, losing 69 to 70, aces were down two starters. I think the way that I kind of looked at it and like, I'll get to, I'll get to you in a second, but like the way that I kind of looked at it was like, yes, the aces are down two starters, but this is still a team that has Asia Wilson on it like this is still a team that has jackie that has kelsey plum like it that to me was just like it's we're acting as if everybody on the team is not not playing anymore and also i just feel like the liberty at times have maybe not shown up in certain moments and i was afraid that like that was gonna pop up again um and then it kind of happened. <laughs> so, Cal, like, what were your thoughts on game four um, on the the trappiest of trap games or whatever I just called it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it just adds to the legacy of this Aces, what's becoming a dynasty. I'll throw that word out there. And Asia's legacy, because this would have been very, very, very easy for the Aces to say, we're going to win this at home in game five, especially when they got down 12 points. And obviously they have no bench. Bench has been essentially eliminated uh, in terms of injuries. Would have been very easy to say, we're going to fold up shop. We're going to try to win this at home. We're not, we don't have the personnel healthy to make up this 12 point gap and really make this push late in the game. But they were like, no, F that. Like we're, we're winning this right now. And, and that to me just epitomizes this team's mentality and who they are like they I think I said a few shows ago like they play every game like they're down 0-2 and when they're yep. up 2-0 they play like they're down 2-0 and that is exactly what we saw particularly in the second half of this game so to me that's just going to be something that we look back at as like a, a huge moment in the aces story yeah no i totally agree um and you know we've been talking about asia wilson uh for this podcast and you know 24 and 16 like that that kind of tells the story right there um and you know what like for as much as we talked about their bench being depleted like i think they really showed out um like kayla george did well sydney colson was hooping like guys come on like we need to we need to actually acknowledge this um and you know what like at the end of the day 
they showed up uh they won their championship um and they went back to back so i'm like i said like last week i'm very curious to see what happens in the liberty offseason um and i think like i think shout out to nakai's duncan i think he's the one that that kind of mentioned that the aces have space to sign a max player um so very interested to see what happens there but and to see what happens with candace because i know she went on the espn uh women's uh oops summit and kind of was just like if I play two more years, I'll be happy. And if I don't touch a basketball ever again, I'll be okay. Um, so not really sure what that means for Candace Parker's future, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens um, in the offseason here. But yeah, the Las Vegas Aces are your 2023 WNBA champions. Um, the parade never stopped <laughs> in, the last, in the last year. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Um, okay, cool. Let's go back to school now. I know, Cal, you're so... Look at, look at you. You're so excited. <laughs> so excited. So excited for um, this. The first thing that I want to hit on is you went to a media day this week. So tell us about that. I'm going to show the people on YouTube. So if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you also check us out on YouTube because these are pic exclusive pictures that you don't want to miss um, of Cal at the Missouri Valley <laughs> Media Day. Uh, so how was it? Look, look, yeah. look how fun this is. Oh, it was a great time. Yeah, I'm. Uh, they, they gave me some free gear. So I, I just threw this polo on for this podcast because... Uh, they they sent me or you know they hooked me up they gave me like this whole duffel bag it wasn't like two shirts it was like this entire duffel bag full of shirts so shout out to Ryan Davis for that so what you're saying uh, is you're so big time that teams are just giving you stuff the league the league gave me this stuff okay okay and it, it was Ryan Davis so if Ryan's if Ryan listens to this Ryan thank you thank you for that thank you for this basketball I don't it's kind of cut off but that you can it says the you can't see it on YouTube it says Valley on it anyway thank you for all the stuff. Thank you to the Missouri Valley for having me. It was so much fun. Uh, we we just got to know the players, you know, their personalities. Like so many of these players, I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential here in this league and in this sport for social media content because there are some really fun players, some 
energetic players, players that just have incredible vibes that I think, you know, we, we need to get the fans kind of in, in on this. So I, I really enjoyed it. And to connect it back to the aces kind of to come full circle here. So I, one of the things I really loved is that one of the things we talked to the players about was who they would compare some of their teammates games to. And so many of them brought up current WNBA players, especially on the Liberty and the aces that we just saw in the finals. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. At least I think three Asia Wilson's, uh, a couple Sydney Colson's. So I'm glad you brought and up a Sydney Colson. And a pair of and a- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is we that's a social media clip, Cree. Put that out later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh we had we had the league's, in my opinion, best defensive guard uh get compared by her coach to Sydney Colson, which I thought was great because of you look at what Sydney Colson did defensively on Sabrina in game four. That's what Q Love in this league does to everybody. So I loved to see all these names from the W this connection with college and in the W sort of come out uh especially you know this is a league this is a a mid-major league where it's one of the best mid-major leagues in the country no doubt but this isn't a league where you have like 10 15 WNBA players like maybe in the in the big 10 or something like that so to see these players really starting to like connect with the w i think is really cool but yeah i had a great time getting to know them um and I, i i couldn't talk highly enough about this league and what kind of expectations do you have for them this year? Who are you kind of watching for with the three Asia Wilsons and the couple of <laughs> Sydney Colsons? Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm always watching Illinois State. Everybody knows that. Definitely watching you and I picked first uh, Northern Iowa for the first time in program history, which is weird because they've been really good forever. But uh, they, uh, they're just always second, third, fourth for some reason. So my McDermott. I have to shout her out too, point guard for Northern Iowa. She was already just like one of my favorite players to watch on the court. And then getting to know her yesterday, just an amazing person. So nice, so funny, incredible to talk to. So it's so easy to root for my McDermott. Uh, if anyone, and by the way, Northern Iowa, well, all the Iowa schools always play each other. So I know we're going to get to Iowa in a little bit and talk about Caitlin Clark. Northern Iowa plays Iowa. On I believe it's November 12th, sold out. It's at Northern Iowa. They're sold out for the first time in program history. Very easy to see why that is. So for our casual fans who kind of only tune in to Caitlin Clark and the big names, tune into that one and watch Maya McDermott also. I think that is going to be a good bat. And by the way, like these games are usually close. As good as Iowa is, like Northern Iowa a couple years ago in this matchup against Iowa and Caitlin Clark had a shot to beat them at the buzzer. It missed. They lost by one or two, but they were right there. So this is not necessarily going to be a blowout just because you're talking about Iowa versus mid-major. I'm just going to plug everyone to watch that game, watch my McDermott, and obviously watch Caitlin Clark, too, who we'll talk about. But that, that's someone I'm keeping my eye on. I like it. I like it. Um, okay, so speaking of Caitlin Clark in Iowa, uh, we figured the best way to kind of start our college season preview is to recap what happened in the March Madness final this year, last season. It's the same year. It's a lot of confusing terminology. But uh, LSU versus Iowa. LSU obviously were the champions last year. They're now the number one ranked team in the country, according to the AP rankings. Um, So let's talk about LSU first because, my goodness, what? 
a team, what a year it has been for this team. Uh, I mean, you talk about the star of the team, Angel Reese, like just her breakout with, I think, not only the on-court stuff, but also the NIL deals. I think that's huge, like to get that kind of attention and just support as a student athlete. Like now people know who she is, like she is influencing. And I think that's so important just for the growth of the game. And I just find that stuff to be like, so cool especially on the women's side like something like I come from a tennis background so I notice the stuff that tennis players do when it comes to like shoe deals and other brand deals so for example like New Balance does a really great job with Coco Goff um, in my opinion and I know there's been kind of some requests for them to go into the women's hoops uh, atmosphere and just kind of be a little bit better there and so when I see like players like Angel Reese being able to get like deals like that um it's like it's super cool um but yeah like what are your expectations for her uh leading this team because there are also some uh maybe there's like a new name on this team too now which uh we'll get to in a second too yeah yeah there's a couple real quick I you mentioned Coco Golf New Balances though those pictures that you put up for me on media day, day yesterday can you put those up again yes put I up can. one of them with my shoes in there make sure Hold oh on. yeah the other, the other one has my shoes right oh no that one has my no, shoes there you go do, yeah these are the coco golf new balances that kree was just talking about so wow shout, those red go. ones so, so shout out to those to, to new balance for that but uh yeah they you're talking dope. about angel reese in in the thank you i, I love <laughs> those i wore them on purpose because i feel those are my that's my favorite pair of shoes in the world um and, you know, you're talking about Angel Reese in, in the shoe game and all the deals. She just signed with Reebok recently, which is another one that's sort of expanding into the women's basketball space now. And obviously, everyone usually signs with Nike or Adidas. So this is kind of a huge deal for them. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's like amazing for this sport to have someone like this. Uh, and Caitlin Clark, who we're going to talk about, these are the two most rec recognizable names in the sport, I think by far. And the, the, you know, they played each other in the national championship and now they have sky hack expectations coming in this year. In terms of LSU, it's a different situation than Iowa because LSU, like you said, added some pieces too around Angel Reese. They bring in Anissa Morrow from DePaul, bring in Haley Van Lith from Louisville. So this team on paper, just pure talent wise, is stacked after coming off. It's not often that you see a national champion get that much better on paper after already being so good but they really did so now the question is how does it play out on the court mm -hmm. it's obviously amazing on paper are they going to gel right away are you know there's maybe some shooting questions although that's in college as we've seen with south carolina sometimes you can get away with not having shooters all over the place, which is maybe different than in the WNBA where you see the Liberty and the Aces who always have shooters around. Those are the teams that succeed. So, but LSU is probably not going to be an elite shooting team. So that, that'll have some question marks, but they're going to be an elite defensive team. They're going to be an elite rebounding team for sure. No one's going to be able to stop them in the post. So I, this is definitely the, the favorite. They're AP number one for a reason. They should be number one on any sort of preseason list uh, and definitely excited to watch them play. Yeah. Um, and I'm also excited to see how Flauje's rapping career continues to develop, um, especially now with these new additions too. Like I'm sure she'll find a way to, to incorporate them into some of the fun stuff. Um, but yeah, like even just any thoughts on like Haley Van Lith's um, addition to this team? Cause like, I don't know about you, but 
this was not the destination I had expected her uh, to land in when she announced that she was going into the transfer portal. Yeah, I, th- I think it is going to be a great fit just because uh, when you add a dynamic guard like that next to Angel Reese, it really like allows you, it puts the defense in a tough spot in terms of how they guard pick and roll action and how they defend certain things. So uh, she's going to, and also just when it comes to personalities, like these are, these are two of the more, um, yep. <laughs> I want to make sure I use the right word because I have a very positive view of it. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure I don't use the word that is misconstrued negatively, but more energizing, I think, vibrant players um, on the court in terms of trash talk, in terms of all that stuff that unfairly gets viewed negatively sometimes in the women's game, but definitely I think is a really cool part of the game that they should embrace. Uh, I think these two players are sort of at the top of the list when it comes to all of that type of thing. So it's going to be really fun to watch them kind of play off each other in that regard too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's cool. Like I think about it as like, it's a very extroverted way. Um, whereas like if I were ever to be a basketball player, I would not be that extroverted. I'd be very like, maybe more like Jackie Young style where I'm just like the silent assassin. Although I wouldn't be an assassin because I wouldn't be a good basketball player. <laughs> However, <laughs> let's talk about another good basketball player and her name is Caitlin Clark. Um, I kind of, when I was writing my notes for this, I kind of took the the Shakespeare route and like the to be or not to be um to take a fifth year to not take a fifth year that is the question um yeah uh, this conversation has kind of maybe spanned college talks for a while now with the COVID year being a rule um now that we also have WNBA expansion announced I'm very interested to see like what route college players start to take um but yeah, just like expectations for Caitlin Clark this year, um, what we maybe expect from her to do with Iowa, but also like the eventual professional league with the W as well. Yeah, the, the COVID year thing is interesting. So Caitlin Clark is in the last class that gets that COVID year. Uh, and after her, that'll be, that won't be a thing anymore. So I think WNBA GMs are probably really looking forward to when that is over and they can sort of plan a little bit better. You still have some players who, depending on when their birthday is, you don't know when they're going to come out, but it's going to get a little bit easier on them after that. I I don't know what she's going to do, to be honest, but when it comes to to this year on Iowa, it's, it's definitely a different situation like like I alluded to with uh, than LSU because Iowa didn't bring anyone in really notable from the transfer portal. Uh, their team, they're basically, they lost two starters and they're just replacing them with bench players. It's kind of the same team just going down the the dominoes of the roster a little bit. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how those two new starters which are Addison at least if they uh they go with what they did in that exhibition which by the way did you see that against DePaul how they had 55,000? It was so cool. That was Yeah. Yeah. Great for the sport. So uh in that game they started Hannah Stolke and Addison O'Grady as their two new starters uh which I, I think at least one of those could have a breakout year. Addison O'Grady had I think it was like 14 rebounds in 19 minutes or something. So definitely definitely they can step up and bring something but like I said, didn't add any pieces. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that team steps forward too after making the national championship game. They're third in the AP poll. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't shock me to see them take a little bit of a step back, honestly, and be more of like a elite eight team versus national championship type of a team, more of like a five through 10 type of a range. But again, when you have Caitlin Clark on the floor, 
your ceiling is all, always number one. You, any At any moment, Caitlin Clark can go off for 40. She can beat a historically good undefeated team, as we saw last year in South Carolina, and she can lift you to any heights you want to go to. So it's that's really the story for Iowa. Yeah, I think it's always interesting for college teams like coming off of either a championship or coming off of, you know, being in the final or really successful year. And then you lose some of those veterans and you have like your whatever third years now, fourth years that they are taking more of a leadership role. But then you're also just kind of trying to piece together how the rest of the roster works. So, yeah, I'll I'll be interested as well to watch her. Um going to do my best being a Canadian to catch some college ball uh, this season. But uh, I, I got I got games in my calendar and we'll 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 get into it all um, within the next week or so on Coast to Coast. Um, anything else you want to kind of end the show with uh, as we get closer, closer to college season? Yeah, just tune into the games, just college season, you know, with WNBA. Like if we, if we got WNBA listeners who haven't really gotten into the college game yet, you're used to like two games a day, some days three or four. In college, you literally have days with over 100 games. So just pick one. Just pick one and watch it. It's very easy. Maybe not if you're in Canada. But if you're if you're in the United States and you have the right services and things like that, just there's going to be a game for you. Just, okay, just find we, one and watch. We, we Canadians have our way to <laughs> finding games. <laughs> so it'll happen. We'll make it happen. Um, but yeah, really exciting. College season is right around the corner. WNBA season is over. Um, it's very nice to kind of just get into the flow of like going from basketball to basketball. Like I love that the W season is longer now. Um, and I hope that it just continues to get even longer, but her stats will be providing college coverage throughout the entire season. So make sure you are following us on social media, sub to our YouTube, our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can find myself at Krina MM. You can find Calvin at C Wetzel 31, and we will see you on coast to coast next Wednesday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.